What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I am so stoked to get this episode out for you guys today. This has been an episode I've been holding on to for a very, very long time and just waiting for that perfect time to share it with you guys. On today's episode, I had the one and only Jordan Syatt. In the episode, Jordan interviews me on my weight loss journey, the ups and the downs, how I got started, and how I've been able to live this life sustainably. I really hope you enjoy the episode and get a ton of value out of this. And honestly, guys, if I can just help one person with something in this episode, it will just make my day completely. If you enjoyed today's episode, do me a big favor. Take a screenshot of this episode, upload it to your stories, tag me at changing underscore chase and tag Jordan at Syatt Fitness. Let us know how much you enjoyed it. One last thing before we hop into the show here, I just want to say a big, big thank you to Jordan Syatt, not only for taking the time to chat with me about my story, but also for teaching me a few valuable tips and information that I've been able to carry forward since then. I appreciate his time so much. That meant a world to me. I think back to me a couple years ago, that person would have never thought in a million years that he'd be talking to Jordan Syatt on a podcast. Yet, here we are. So without further ado, enjoy the show. All right, Chase, we're live. What's going on, man? Doing awesome, man. How are you doing? Man, I'm good. I just got back from jujitsu. Got a, a nice ice water. I'm ready to go. What's going on with you? Oh, man. Just just got back from the gym a little bit ago. Just doing some things around the house today. And then just yeah, just trying to just get by through the day and go back to work tomorrow. What would you do in the gym today? Uh, it was an upper body day. A lot of back stuff. But uh, I do more like a four body or excuse me, four day split. Um, upper body, upper body, lower body. Nice. That's what I like that. I like that split a lot. Yeah. So so talk to me, man. So I, I know we spoke on Instagram a while ago. Uh, yeah, about yeah. setting this up, which I'm super excited about. Just like, just give me some background. Tell me a little bit about yourself, and then we'll just jump into things. Yeah, man. Um, so I'm Chase. I am originally from Virginia, but I'm currently a travel nurse, and I'm in Colorado at the moment. Um, my health journey really didn't start till just back in 2019. Um, I've always been I've been like the chubbier kid, so to speak, and ever since then, I've you know just continued to put on the weight as the years went by and. Even like, I kind of tie it back now to I think I really like once I kind of gained some more freedom and like started like being able to drive on my own, and, you know, kind of go through like the drive through when I wanted to go to the store when I wanted to buy the things I want to eat and everything. That's when like things just started to get worse and worse over time and really sort of put on some weight. Then through nursing school and all the way to the point where I got up to 382 pounds back in about January 2019. And about that time, a good friend of mine that we I used to work with, um, she challenged me to a weight loss challenge. And to be completely honest, I kind of just thought it was gonna be like any other, you know, weight loss, you know, attempt that I've made in the past with the yo-yo dieting and such. And it would be just kind of a temporary thing, lose some weight and then just put it right back on like I always have. Um, not do quite sure what actually like stuck this time. I don't know if it's just having that extra accountability was like the main driver for like really going that you know, keeping it going this time. But I just, I really started to lose the weight. I really wasn't doing any type of particular like fad diet, I guess you could say. Like it was more just kind of some like clean eating, which I guess is maybe some form of a fad diet or some sort. But, um, and I did like a little bit of intermittent fasting right in the very beginning, just because I thought that was like the way to go. But I stopped doing that about two months in or so after I realized like actually what a calorie deficit was and like counting calories and realizing you don't have to do any of that fancy stuff and just eat in a calorie deficit and you will lose weight. Um, quickly started to lose weight and 
by like May or so, I had lost my first 100 pounds. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so that alone was like a huge driver just to keep going. Like I was amazed just even with that. I mean, less than five months and I've lost 100 pounds. Um, and it just kept coming off really. And I was doing really well. Uh, I, of course, met up with like some different like, you know, people in the coaching field, you know, fitness professionals and nutrition professionals and didn't really hire a coach at that time. I'd, you know, become friends with a few of them online, met through Instagram and such. And eventually towards the end of the summer, around August or so, I really hit, you know, I'm mean, I'm using air quotes here, like a plateau, so to speak. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and it, those things were not moving very much anymore. And that's, you know, one of the coaches that I was um, talking with and friends with a lot um, at the time, he said, you know, as I've been telling you, we need to get your calories back up and, you know, go to maintenance for a while to kind of like really get you, you know, moving again, you know, to get your weight loss going again after a while. And so we did that, started working with him one-on-one -on -one, and gosh, then after a while, we started back into the deficit and I actually hit my big like goal. Actually, I didn't even have this goal at the beginning of the year because I would never thought it was possible. I lost 150 pounds uh, before the end of the year. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and then just from there, it's just, you know, I've continued to work through the cycles of deficit maintain, so to speak. And yeah, and I've just gained so much from out of this experience not just the weight loss but everything that's come with it that's extraordinary so i mean there's there's so much to potentially talk about L let me ask you this um when you when you started losing weight and you, you lost about 100 pounds in five months um mm -hmm. uh, do, do you know what your your deficit was like do you know how many calories or so you were eating like do you know any of that yeah um actually when i first started counting calories and it's it's crazy to think, but I was actually eating like 1,200, 1,400 calories a day, um, which is not near enough for someone that was my size. Um, but just kind of going by the clean eating aspect and just like I really wasn't eating much junk food and stuff such like that, that's just what it ended up being. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I started working my calories up um, over the summer as, you know, the coach I had met started to kind of help me, like tell me I need to get my calories up. And when we started working together, we eventually got it over 2,000 calories and, and then from there we dropped back down, but I never went below. Like after that point, I don't think I really had to drop below, like maybe like 1800 calories from that point. I love that. And, and I would imagine that when your coach was like, Hey, let's increase your calories. Did that scare the shit out of you? Oh yeah. I mean, of course I, I wanted to keep losing. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you thought at that time, if you increase your calories, you, you're, you would go backwards in progress. Yes, Absolutely. So this is actually very interesting because I this makes all the sense in the world to me. And for the for most people, I would say reducing calories that low is a bad idea. But there's a substantial amount of research showing that if someone has a, a, a lot of weight to lose, my brother actually just went through this recently and as you went through it, that at the beginning, starting off with something very drastic, um, it has numerous benefits, not least of which when you said, even when you started this challenge, you didn't even think it was going to work. Like no. you said from the, and I thought that was very interesting because you're like, listen, I've done this many times before. It's probably not even going to work. But when you hit that first hundred, you were like, oh my God, like this is working. And that motivated you to keep going. And I think that's what a lot of people, they overlook 
which is the it's when you start seeing results is when you're actually going to start getting really motivated. It doesn't go in the other direction. And so with people who have a lot of weight to lose, starting off with something more drastic will help show, show you like, Hey, you can actually do this. This is possible. And then from there transferring into something a little bit more sustainable, increasing your calories. And obviously there's going to be battles on the way no matter what, but increasing your calories, I would imagine was a, a pretty substantial mental and emotional battle. Oh yeah, of course. And you know, I never really thought of it that way about like, you know, kind of doing that first big jump. Cause like now, like who I am today would be like, Oh no, you know, never, you know, start that many, start with that low of calories. But now that you word it that way, it does make sense. And that probably does have to do a lot with my success. Yeah, no, there's actually a significant amount of research. So the, the fitness industry in recent years has gone very anti rapid fat loss. And I think for the vast majority of people, a, a very rapid fat loss approach isn't a smart idea. But for people who have a significant amount of body fat to lose, the research is actually very clear that a, a slower, sustainable approach with them usually is not the best thing to begin with because they're coming from a place of they don't believe in themselves anyway. So if yeah. they see a, like super slow progress that might actually still be really good, they don't believe it's good enough. And then it's very easy for them to just say, ah, screw it, what's the point? The other thing, and I want to hear your opinion on this as well, I would imagine that by drastically reducing calories early on, it forced you to really find out what foods were going to fill you up for very few calories. Uh, I, I would imagine that it almost was like a, a crash course in let's figure out how to stay full on very few calories so that when you could increase them, you already had such a great background in what foods should make up the majority of your diet. Yeah, of course. And I mean, thankfully, I will say, even as a kid, I've always been a kid that likes vegetables, <laughs> thankfully. So I, I wasn't <laughs> fighting that. I wasn't fighting that battle that a lot of people do, but you know, but definitely I made sure to increase that and, you know, a lot of fruits, vegetables and, you know, leaner meats. I really learned all those kind of tricks of like, like you said, increasing volume, but keeping the calories lower and definitely making the swaps necessary. And, and pre pretty much, I mean, even like when I go back to maintenance, it's like still trying to keep those foods in, but then just like add in and maybe like some things that I maybe not eat, you know, normally during deficit. And, and could you just reiterate, what was your, your heaviest? 382.4. Wow. And, and what, what are you now? I'm currently about 230. So, um, right about that 150 mark, I had lost more, um, but just full transparency here. And I think it's also important to just, you know, I'm totally an open book when it comes to this stuff. And I like to make people aware that, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows with this journey. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I do have a history of binge eating okay. and I had a relapse earlier this year with, and I, or I guess you call it relapse, you know, I struggled with it a good bit and overeating. Um, but at the same time, as much as it was a, I at first saw it as like a downfall, it was actually probably the like best six months of my life. Interesting. Um, Tell me why. So I started doing the travel nursing thing back at the beginning of this year. Um, normally that's something I would have never wanted to do just because I didn't have the confidence and I didn't feel confident enough to do something like that. And I just did not feel like that was necessary for me. I feel like I felt like I had my friends where I would live and, I, and of course I did, but I also felt like at the same time, like. I was never the kind of person that could go out and, you know, make friends wherever I go. You know, I feel like I didn't, you know, I just actually didn't think I could fit in very well. Um, and my first assignment was in Charleston, South Carolina, just an amazing place. I'm not sure if you've been there or not, but it's just incredible. Um, but during that time there, I, you know, made a lot of good friends. We, you know, they're known for all the food in Charleston, all the Southern comfort foods and such. And, 
you know, I was trying all a lot of the different restaurants and such. And that is kind of where I started to kind of stumble a little bit with the um, overeating and binge eating. Mm. Um, and so it was hard because I definitely, you know, put on some weight that I wasn't wanting to. But at the same time, I look back and I honestly wouldn't change it. Like as crazy as that may sound, like it's almost like when you have to learn, like, where is that balance between living your best life versus there's, you know, the little bit of weight you may gain back. You know what I, I, I completely agree. And what I would say is it doesn't sound crazy at all. I would say it sounds like you have a very good balance and idea of, of how to incorporate fitness into your life without it taking over your entire life and understanding that there's more to life than just maintaining your lowest body weight. Absolutely. Like, like yeah, like the, the fact that you, you know that and exemplify that I, I'm so glad that, that, you were honest and you're like, Hey, this is what's going on. This is what happened. Cause you could have been like, Oh yeah. And like, I've maintained my lowest weight and like, it wouldn't have been accurate. And like, it would have been like a really cool story, but I think this is a better story. Number one, because it's the truth. And number two, because this is actually what people need. People need to know that it's okay to fluctuate. It's okay. Like I know, for example, the holidays are coming up, right? And a lot of people mm -hmm. get worried over the holidays. Like, oh my God, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin all my progress. I don't want to like gain all this weight back. It's like, if you don't gain some pounds over the holidays, you didn't enjoy the fucking holidays. Right. Like, <laughs> like well, that's, if, if you make it out of, of Thanksgiving and Christmas or Hanukkah and New Year's and all that, and you didn't gain at least a few pounds, you probably didn't actually like have the best time, which is like, what's the point? So you can then go into January and be like, all right. I weigh the exact same, but I actually brought Tupperware to my Thanksgiving dinner and I didn't enjoy it at all. It's like, you know, it's like, I love that you still had an amazing time and you know, worse comes to worse, you know exactly what you need to do if you decide you want to lose more weight. Exactly. And that's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm currently in a deficit working with my coach now and, and we're just, you know, we're working back to, you know, we're comfortable areas. And, you know, honestly, where I got to my absolute lowest at with my previous coach, um, and, and I, this was more of just like a mental challenge. Like I want to see what I can do. It I'm just kind of remind you of like, I mean, not really comparing this, to like what a bodybuilder does to get up on stage, but almost kind of like doing the extreme just to like prove that you can mentally and physically do it. Yes. Um, yeah. I set a goal last year to get down to losing half of my body weight. And I actually got to 189 at my absolute lowest. And again, that was like with a hail Mary, like dropping calories and, really like very well having a good, a good, honest conversation with my coach. Like, listen, we know this isn't going to be super sustainable. That's not going to be the lowest weight we sustain. Um, but just, I, I really wanted to see if I could do it. And I did, which was awesome. But then like, you know, when I, you know, of course, you know, I knew once I started increasing calories again, it would go up a little bit, but it went up a little bit more than I was hoping to. But then again, that goes back to, you know, the experiences that I had were well worth it. You know, I'm super impressed with everything you're saying because I, I agree with everything and you're all, you're so objective with it. You're, you're so clear and logical with everything you're saying. Like, listen, I knew that it wasn't going to be sustainable ahead of time. Like, I know this isn't gonna be sustainable, but I just want to do it. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, I think there's a lot to be said from the perspective of number one, doing hard things just because they're hard. Like, I like mm -hmm. that. I like the idea of being like, you know what, this is something that's going to be really hard to do. And I just want to do it simply because it's going to be very difficult to do. And then the, on top of that, knowing, and I know 
that when I get there, it will not be sustainable. That way it, it sort of gives you a little buffer rather than some people who are like, I know, I know bodybuilders and physique competitors struggle all the time with this. And thank God some of them have started to open up about the, the honesty around when they get to their stage leanest, when they get on stage at, at completely, uh, outrageously low levels of body fat, they then think that they should be able to sustain that once the competition is over, which like you can't, like it's, it's impossible. You're not, you're going to drive yourself literally insane. There's actually documented cases of people just losing their mind, trying to maintain that mm -hmm. level of body fat. And, and for you to go there and be like, you know what, I know this isn't going to be sustainable, but I just want to do something hard because it's going to be hard. And they're like, I just want to do it. I think that's really cool. I, I like it. I like that. And I respect that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just one of the things where it's like, I just want to be able to say I did it. Like, and you know, even if it's just like, I, I knew I wasn't going to sustain it that way. And I wasn't the most comfortable that way. You know, I, you know, I've heard coaches may not match the lifestyle you want. And that's exactly what I, how I felt like, it's like, yeah, I want to get to it just to see it and do it. But it's like, I'm totally fine with, you know, living around 200 or a little bit more. I love that. So, so what's your goal going forward? What What is your current goal right now? I know you said you're in a deficit, but what's sort of like the, the either like 30, 60, 90 day goal right now? You know, I don't have a number to it. And I actually stopped really setting like numbers to my like weight goals um, just because I, I just find them not very productive to be honest for me at least. Yeah. 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 I, I mostly focus on like how I'm feeling and I just want to like, get, you know, the, the little bit of the physique, like I call it like the, the shadow image of like, what's your, what my body looks like, you know, looking at the mirror and such, um, you know, I do like, you know, like you know having that body that uh, that looks good and looks fit um but you know it, it's hard you, now i've shifted a lot more to like what am i capable of those mm. kind of goals um you know i've accomplished a lot of things this year as well just like not even nothing really related to do to my weight honestly like you know just as far as like physical and mental goals for myself and just to name a couple real quick i mean like um, my coach and I went skydiving for the first time back in June. Nice. Um, Did you like yeah, it? Yeah, that was, oh man, it was incredible. And you, you've been skydiving, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do it more, but yeah, I, I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah, that was, it was actually really funny. Just a quick story about that. Um, back, like when I was first, like working with my coach, I, I told him, I said, you know, I want to eventually when I get down to the weight where I can skydive, I'd love to go skydiving. I've always wanted to, but I've always been too heavy because there was a weight limit. And he, and then like later on that year, when he sent out Christmas cards, all the clients he, he put in the Christmas card, he said, whenever you reach that weight, we're going skydiving. <laughs> and I, I caught on to it. I was like, wait, do you mean like you and I both are going? And he was like, yep, we're going to do it. So we actually met up, um, in Tennessee and went skydiving and had an absolute blast. But, um, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. And so we, I did that. And then now that I'm out in Colorado with all the hiking and everything out here, um, I did, um, are, are you familiar with what a 14er is? No, no. What's that? Okay. All right. So it's a, um, hike that goes above 14,000 feet elevation. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, and normally, you know, there's like, you, you just do one, but like there's this one called the decalibron loop where it's four 14ers and one pretty much like you go up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Wow. And I did that with some of my, uh, with a, Actually, it's funny as a nutrition coach that I met on Instagram, we finally connected in person and I went hiking with her and some of her friends. Um, and we, I accomplished that in the you know, four in one day. That was a huge, no incredible way. thing. You did all of that in one day. Yeah. Yeah. It How took about a little, 
about a little over seven hours. That's crazy. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Trust me, there were many times I thought I was going to give up, you know, with altitude, <laughs> a little bit of altitude sickness and just like just that mental battle was the hardest part, probably honestly, more than the physical. Um, and then, you know, and then there's something called the Manitou incline, which is just like a huge amount of like stairs. It's like I think it's like twenty seven hundred stairs, like an old um, like mine shaft, so just, not a mine shaft, but like a old railroad that went up a yeah, mountain. Yeah. Um, did that a couple weeks back with a friend. And so now I'm just like, not, I'm not really focused on like my weights. Like, what can I do? Like, what can my body capable, what is my body capable of doing both physically and mentally now? That's more of like what I'm pushing myself to do now. That makes me wicked happy. I love that. And I'm sure you would probably agree that having your focus on what your body is capable of on these performance-based goals probably makes you much happier and also allows you to to get out and do fun things. Whereas I think when, when the sole focus is on your weight, you end up doing things that you don't even enjoy, whether it's just like, all right, you just like go on the, the Stairmaster or the treadmill, try and burn as many calories as possible. And you reduce your calories as much as possible. And you only eat spinach and kale. And you're just like, I want to get the scale <laughs> as low as possible. But when you're focused on what your body can do, it's like, all right, let's go and do these 14ers. Let's go and go skydiving. Let's do this. Like mm-hmm. you live a great life, right? It's like, absolutely. It, and I've actually never really thought about it in this perspective before, but I, I love that. And I think there's a lot that, a lot of benefits that come from focusing on what your body can do as opposed to just trying to get the scale lower for the sake of getting it lower. Yeah. I mean, like, cause I feel like I kind of got that out of the way my first year when I lost the first 150 pounds that year, like it was just kind of like, all right, you know, I, I've gotten the weight off, you know, you know, the big, you know, one, one fifty, woohoo. But like after that, it was like, all right, now, like, what can I do now? And it's like, Every time I do one of these things, it's one of the first things that's possible in my head is I couldn't have done that, you know, two, three years ago, like physically mm-hmm. could not have done that. Yeah. And that's what just keeps me going with all this. When, when you were at your heaviest or near your heaviest, were there, were there, did you have any physical issues? Were there, were you in pain? Was it like, was there anything difficult, like mentally, emotionally, physically, like what was going on? Yeah. So Thankfully, I did not ever have like a big health scare. I know some people who have like, you know, they start their weight loss journeys after like a big, like a heart attack or something that just really serious happens. And mine, you know, I was not the healthiest, of course. You know, I did have high blood pressure. My resting heart rate was like in the 120s and they had my medication for that. My, um, I had sleep apnea, um, had a lot of other just, just, and I was on like probably six or seven different medications, you know, at, you know, in my twenties, like not healthy at all. Wow. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. And so, yeah, definitely not the picture of health, but now I'm down to like two meds and, um, not, you know, not using a CPAP machine at night anymore. You know, it's pretty, pretty nice just to look at that kind of stuff too. That's incredible. It, it's one of those things that, uh, I know a lot of people, if, if you have a, a lot of extra weight, it, you struggle with sleep apnea very often just because like it's pressing down on your chest and your lungs. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so much more and more research coming out about how important sleep is, uh, for many things, not just for, for overall health, but actually how important high quality sleep is in order to be able to lose fat in order for, for mental health, all of that. And so I, I couldn't imagine if, if you just, if your sleep keeps getting interrupted, whether you realize it or not, I'm sure you were probably tired all the time. Yeah, but you know, Jordan, interestingly enough, I thought I felt okay until, because that's how I lived my entire life, mm. until I lost the weight, 
And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> I felt like crap. <laughs> you didn't even realize how bad you felt. Yes. Interesting. That's super interesting. Was it, was it difficult when you first started this challenge when you first were like, all right, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose this weight. What, what was there had to be something or some things that were difficult for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, some, some of the common things that anybody overcomes when they first, you know, start out their weight loss journey, like, you know, I, I think about going to the gym, you know, when I, when I started out, I did like go right into the gym. First thing, of course, you know, the gym anxiety that people talk about, you know, that was a real thing for me. Um, you know, walking in there, you know, 380 pounds trying to, you know, get on the elliptical or the treadmill for five, 10 minutes. When I first started, it was, you know, pretty embarrassing. Um, and then, you know, just also just still dealing with while I was getting through the, um, overeating and kind of dealing with that, like, you know, thankfully the first few months, like, I think I was pretty gun ho about it. And I don't think I actually like over eight, so to speak, or like binge day, or whatever you want to call it, like probably until like four or five months in. And I remember, when that happened, I text the, um, my coach, he wasn't my coach at the time, but I text him. It was at a, um, work party and, and at least it sounds like, it sounds like something, I mean, it's definitely looking back. It's something that I should not have cared about. Cause I was, it was like, I was leaving my job there. I was going somewhere else and they threw me a going away party and you know, I ate plenty of food, probably had two or three <laughs> pieces of dessert that they brought in, like, you know, had a good old time. But then after I left, I was like, man, I ate way more than I wanted to like I and I felt guilty about it and it was really strange and so like I, I remember texting him and I was like dude I really screwed up today I ate too much food and it was just not good and he was like did you enjoy it and I was like yeah but and he's like but what he's like just get back on track tomorrow and that was when it first clicked in my head of like oh you can't have a off day and get right back on track <laughs> that's a good coach that's a yeah. really good coach I love do you, do you want to give him a shout out Absolutely. Here. Yeah. I, I drop. Um, so he's not my current coach. Um, I've switched coaches, but it was, um, Josh Pierce. I know you've been on his show actually. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 And then now I'm working with Jordan lips. Oh, no, I, I love Jordan lips. He's awesome. Yep. He's great. Well, good, good. I mean, Josh sounds like a great guy. Uh, he handled that situation perfectly. I love hearing that. Yeah. Um, can I ask, cause this is one of the questions I get asked all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and it's different for me because I've never, like I've coached thousands and thousands of people and I've spoken about this all the time, but I think it's different to hear it from someone who's actually gone through it. Uh, how'd you get over the gym anxiety? Like ha- you walk into the gym, like you're, like you're sitting in your car, you're nervous to go in. Like, how do you, how did you get over it? Uh, a couple of different things. I, you know, one, my friend that was doing the challenge with me, she, her and I were going together. So it was kind of like, you know, I had a little bit of accountability there. And then also like, I started just to realize that not really many, anybody really cared about, like, you know, after the first like few times, yes, I'm like looking around, like who's watching me, you know, anyone who looks my direction, I think they're staring at me. And, and I just had to like, just kind of, uh, you know, just put my headphones in, keep my head down and just do the thing. And then, you know, I look back and honestly, Every encounter I've had in the gym, because I'm a pretty friendly, talkative guy, and, you know, every experience has been positive. I haven't had one person say anything negative to me or criticize me. Everyone's been, you know, after they I started losing weight, because I was going to the same gym for that first, pretty much that first year, and throughout the year, people were coming up to me dude, you're losing a lot of weight. You're looking good. Like, you know, that's making awesome. it complimenting me. And that's, I mean, it just boosts my confidence hundred percent in the gym. And, and then like, I felt more comfortable. I'll start asking for help in the gym and, you know, have people spot me or, you know, you know, asking them for 
tips or advice, you know, if they, if they're willing to do that. And, but yeah, like now it, I, I love going to the gym and, and I just want people to realize that, you know, no one cares either, either, either they are too, you know, obsessed with themselves and not paying attention to you, or they are so worried about themselves and what everyone else is thinking that they're keeping their head down as well. Yeah. That, that makes a hundred percent sense. You know, it's funny. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got for public speaking, uh, cause I, I think everyone gets nervous to speak in public and you know, obviously everyone here is like, uh, some people would rather die than speak in public. I don't know if that's accurate, but, um, <laughs> One of the best pieces of advice I ever got when I started doing seminars and speaking in public was when you look out in the crowd, a lot of people get really nervous. And but the reality is every single person in that crowd wants you to do well. Like yep. everybody who's looking at you is like they're cheering for you. They want you to you know, no one is like, oh, I hope this sucks. Right. It's mm -hmm. like so when I when I realized that everyone there was actually cheering for me, it made it much easier for me to go out there and just have a good time. And I think it's very similar in the gym. Now, there are some assholes in some gyms. That's like that. It, of course. It's, and just like there are some assholes in life. But the vast majority of people are cheering for you. They, they want you to win. And, and the thing about the gym that's interesting is and I realized this is. Sometimes like, you know how, how people have like resting bitch face, like yep. myself, <laughs> they'll just have like a face. It's like, they're, they're not aware. They're sort of in their head. Who knows? Maybe they're thinking about an interaction they had earlier that day, or they're just thinking about, maybe they're listening to a podcast and, and they're, they're just not aware of what they're looking at, but they might just have resting bitch face on mm -hmm. and they're looking right at you, but they're not looking at you. Like they're not yep. seeing <laughs> I realized that like sometimes people would do that to me and I'd be like, what the fuck are they looking at? And I realized, oh, they're, they're literally not seeing me. They're just, their eyes are looking in my direction. And that's something I had to be aware of when I was in the gym. Cause I realized shit, I might be making someone uncomfortable cause I might be looking at them, but they don't know I'm not seeing them. And so I think even if someone's in the gym and they're nervous or anxious to understand just cause someone might be looking at you and, and maybe have an RBF on, like it's, <laughs> they're not actually the odds are 99.999% of the time they're not even really seeing you they're just in their own head yeah absolutely um so is there anything is there anything that you would like any message you'd like to get across to people uh that that maybe struggling with either some things you've struggled with or anything in general that you'd like to get across to people if they're if they're going through something and they just need some motivation or encouragement um I think a couple of like big things here is like one, trust the process. Like there's going to be lots of good days and there's going to be just, you can't, you know, I love like when you say you, you can't fuck this up, like, yeah. <laughs> like there's no more truth than that. Like there, you're going to have lots of rough days, but as long as you're maintaining consistency of some sort, you're, you're, you're going to come out, you know, positive and, you know, don't be afraid to start small and don't be afraid to ask for help. I think those would be two other like really good, just big takeaways from my entire journey. I love that. I love that. And, and Chase, is, is there anything that I can help you with? I mean, clearly you've got everything under control. You have a great coach that you're working with. Like, is there anything I can help you with at all before we hop off? Um, I don't think so. And unless there's anything else, like, you know, you know, I, I definitely am still working on myself with like the overeating, binge eating stuff. Is there anything that you would say like big takeaways It's things like you've learned, like working with, you know, all the people you have like that really helps with like with what's your strategy with dealing with like binge eating or overeating 
Yeah. So there's a lot. And the thing about binge eating is like, like almost everything in life, it is very individual and there mm-hmm. are many things that can cause someone to binge eat, right? There, there are many different <laughs> reasons. Uh, and the reason I say that is because some people struggle with binge eating for things that have nothing to do with nutrition or even body image. Some people struggle with binge eating for that's their way of, of dealing or working through past traumas in their life. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's important to recognize that. And that's why what I always say at the very beginning is uh, if you struggle with binge eating, it is important to speak to a therapist about it. Not everybody needs a therapist. Uh, when I was struggling with binge eating, uh, I didn't need a therapist to get through it. I was able to figure out what was sort of causing it and triggering it for me. And, and I got through it on my own. Uh, and and I know I've been able to help many people with that as well. But if it's something where you're not sure what the cause or underlying issue is, I would very much recommend seeing a therapist because they can sort of help you work through that. Um, so that I, I have to say that just morally and ethically as a disclaimer at the very beginning, always just because there could be an underlying issue that literally has nothing to do with body image or, or kind of counting calories. Um, with that being said, pertaining to food, one of the most common triggers is the idea of there being good foods and bad foods. Um, with the idea like, oh, like I shouldn't be having this food right now. Because as soon as you have this idea like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten this, sort of like when you went to that party and you, you texted your coach, or like I screwed up really bad. Uh, I was like, no, you, you can just get right back on track. When people feel like they're doing something bad or wrong or that they screwed up, they often use the, it's not a conscious justification, but there's a justification going on where it's like, well, I already screwed up. So I might as well keep screwing up because I know eventually I'm going to have to get to a point where I'm not allowed to have this food again. Mm-hmm. And, and that's sort of where this is sort of like the, the weekend issue that people have like Friday night, they go out, they have more food than they expected to. And then they're like, well, you know what? Screw it. I'll just get back on track on Monday. So now they have a, a set time frame on which they're allowing themselves to eat these quote unquote, not good foods. So now they'll eat as much of it as they possibly can because they won't be allowed to eat it once Monday starts. And so that can be one of the major perpetuators of, of binge eating. Um, another very common one I see is, is with calorie counting, uh, which I'm a huge supporter of, and it works very well for many people, but for some people, calorie counting can be a a trigger, right? Whereas like as soon as they start calorie counting, what happens is as soon as they start calorie counting, it's not even a good food, bad food thing. It's a, once they start tracking, they start counting down how many calories they have left for the day. And it creates a lot of anxiety. Every bite of food that they take is another bite closer to not being able to eat, right? And and if you think about these two scenarios that I just presented, they're very similar in terms of the person who's who's sort of counting down the calories until they're not allowed to eat. They're counting down the calories until they're not allowed to do something or else they fail or else they they ruin their progress. Mm-hmm. The other the other scenario is they're they're counting down the time in which they are uh, no longer allowed to eat these foods or else they fail or else they, they ruin all their progress. So it really is, uh, the same fear, the same overarching fear of ruining all your progress and failing. It's just two different ways of arriving to that fear. And I've found those are the most common ones. And for the people who struggle with calorie counting, the easiest ways is like, just 
don't calorie count anymore. And that's why I came mm-hmm. up with the three plates, two snacks method or the one, two, three mm-hmm. method. Uh, for the other one, for the good foods, bad foods, this is just education. This is just like education around what it, what are calories? How, how can you understand that there are no such thing as good foods or bad foods? And then for, for other situations that are similar to this, it really comes down to really, really helping people understand that they can't fuck this up. It's one of the reasons why I post that I I post that same post every three months because number one, new people who follow me need to see it, and people who've seen that post twenty times still need to see it mm-hmm. uh, because there are so many people who feel like as soon as they have one bad food or they have one uh, weekend where they go off track or they have a vacation where they ate more than usual, whatever it is, they feel like they screwed up. And as soon as you can get over that hump and understand that you didn't screw up, your relationship with food, I'm not going to say it will forever and always be perfect, but it will definitively be better and reduce the chance of, of binging. Yeah, I love that. And, and I'm definitely a big proponent for therapy. I I've, I've seen a therapist. I started seeing a therapist in the beginning of this year, and then I stopped for a little while and actually just started back about two weeks ago. So, Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, definitely a big therapy, uh, therapy fan. Um, can I ask you one more question related to the binge eating thing though? Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so, you know, and of course, you know, and and I'm, I don't think I mentioned this, but I'm a coach as well. So like I'm, I, it's, it's easy to preach these kind of things, but it's also sometimes hard to understand things and do things yourself, I would say. Um, and when it comes to the binge eating piece, when you said, and this is one thing I have struggled with is once you do eat quote unquote something bad. And even though like I, I'm a big fan of there is no good, good or bad foods, but even though if I will eat, overeat something, I will sometimes the rest of the day be like, all right, well, I've already gone over. So it's like, screw it. Mm. Any pieces of advice for like stopping yourself in the moment and like kind of like resetting and like saying like you you don't have to screw up the rest of your day does does that question make sense it makes total sense and 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 i wish there was an easy way of just like well yeah i mean just say exactly what you just said right and like really (laughs) right where it's like one of the things that i've done is let's say let's say uh let's say you're going to go over your calories i i sort of i basically have in this situation have like two sets of calories right where it's like you have the calories that like, let's say you're going to be in a deficit, right? And, and you're trying to be in a deficit, um, but maybe you go over your calories a little bit. Well, then I would have your maintenance calorie intake, right? And mm-hmm. so let, let's say deficit is 1,800 and maintenance is, I don't know, 2,300. Just off the top of my head, just throwing those numbers out. If deficit is 1,800 and maintenance is, is 22 or 2,300, well, if you eat around maintenance, you you didn't you're not in a surplus right and even yeah. if you did go into a surplus like you just you're staying the same that day which is totally fine like it's like mm-hmm. you enjoyed yourself you had about three four maybe 500 extra calories and you're still in maintenance so it's no n- literally no harm is done now even if you go into a surplus no harm is done it's one day it doesn't it doesn't matter right in the yeah. same way like if you decided to completely fast you're not going to eat for an entire day you're not going to wake up the next day shredded to bits like you're not yeah. You're probably going to notice any difference. Like you're just going to be really fucking hungry. Yep. So if you go over your calories by double or triple, it, physiologically, it's impossible 
to ruin your progress and to to add any substantial amount of fat at all in that one day time frame. So I do like to have those two sets of calories say, cool, so here's my deficit calories, but if I end up going over and I hit my maintenance, cool, whatever. Uh, it gives me a little bit of a of wiggle room and a little bit of ability to say, you know what, I already went over my deficit, so I'm just gonna enjoy a few hundred extra calories, have some chocolate, have a little ice cream, I'll hit my maintenance, I'm good for the day. Uh, and that, uh, it's funny, because sometimes I'll wake up the next day and like, I just have more energy. My training feels better. I actually, uh, my hunger is significantly reduced. I think a lot of this has to do with leptin, the leptin mm -hmm. response to having more carbs that day. Um, but yeah, so I like to have those two, those two numbers. So I can, you know what, I, I'm going to go over my deficit. Like this actually works really well if someone is about to hit their calories for the day, but they're still really hungry. I'll just say, go up to maintenance for the day. Like just, mm -hmm. or I'll be like, you know what, we have deload weeks in training, but a lot of people don't think about having a deload week for nutrition, like taking a, a mini diet break. In other mm -hmm. words, like just take the week, increase your calories up to maintenance for the week, enjoy it. Like, don't worry about it. You have, it, it's, it's the same thing as I'm sure you've seen the video of me on the train. Like, uh, you're on the train. If you're going, going to work on the train, and the train stops to let some people on and some people off. You don't say, oh, well, screw it. Like the train stopped for a second and get off and go home. It's like mm -hmm. you sit on the train, you wait there until the door is closed and you keep going on your way to work. It's the, maintenance is the same thing. You increase your calories for a week. You enjoy higher calorie intake. You uh, you probably reduce your hunger. You increase your energy. You increase your sex drive, all the stuff. that You feel way better. And then you get right back on track the following week or the following day or whatever you decide. I think it's really just about taking the most logical approach to this that you possibly can, which you you know the answer to. It's sort of just like you got to battle that demon. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, thank, thank you for sharing that approach about like just kind of setting those, having the two goals in mind knowing that if you're going over just to kind of, all right, set your goal for maintenance then. I like that. Yeah. It's like, listen, even if you go into a surplus, it's, you didn't ruin your progress, but I do like to have that second set there, yeah. uh, just as a way to be like, cool. So I have an extra 300, 400 calories. I'm going to have like, whatever, I'm going to make a, a, a bowl of cereal. I don't know, whatever you want. It gives you a little bit of extra wiggle room so that you can enjoy yourself without feeling guilty. Cause it's that feeling of guilt that really screws us over. It's the feeling of like, oh, I fucked up that then just it permeates the rest of the day and it really eats at you mentally and emotionally. So any strategies that we can implement to remove or eliminate or diminish the feeling of guilt, I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Chase, thank you so much for coming on. This was this was amazing. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Yeah, this has been a complete honor. I cannot thank you enough for allowing me to come on your show. Do you, do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media? Sure. Yeah, I'm on um, Instagram at changing underscore chase. That was kind of what I made my username right when I started losing weight. And I'm also on TikTok. Um, your buddy Rico's got me doing a TikTok challenge posting every day. So let's I'm go. On, I'm on there as well. So same same username. I love it. Awesome. Chase, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you so much, Jordan. Bye-bye.